This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Health Canada released its fourth annual report on medical assistance in dying last week. The report gives more information about made deaths in Canada in 2022. Megan Gilmore has reported on this for Canadian Affairs and has some findings to share, as well as some other recent news about made in Canada. Hey, good morning, Megan. Good morning, Dave. Megan, this is a topic that you've been all over for a couple of years. What are some of the highlights from this report? Sure. So uh, last year in 2022, there were 13,241 made deaths in Canada. And to give you a smaller number, uh, that's about 4% of all deaths in Canada were deaths by made, according to the Health Canada report. The average age of individuals uh, was 77. Um, and then, um, then just go back to the overall numbers. So the 13,000 plus deaths that we saw in 2022, that's an increase of 31% from 2021. And then the, the number that I know a lot of people in our audience uh, want to know is about track two, which is made when an individual's death is not reason, naturally reasonably foreseeable. And under track two, there were 463 people who died by maid um, in 2022. And that is more than double the amount of track two in 2021. Go a little bit deeper into that second category, track two. Yeah. What does the report have to say about those individuals or about that data? Sure. So one of the ways to help think about this portion of the report is to compare the general characteristics that we know about individuals under track two to compare that to what we know about individuals under track one. So we're going to try to do that a little bit because uh, there are some uh, interesting differences. So the first one is that under track two, more women than men died. So it's 59% of these individuals were women, 41% were men. Under track one, it's slightly more men who had made than women. Um, so there is a reversal under the gender uh, breakdown of that. And then also, and I don't think this should surprise anybody, but typically, individuals who are captured by the track two data were younger than those who are under track one. So 41.5% of people uh, who are, are under track two were younger than 70 years old. And in track one, only 28.9% of people were younger than 70. So in general, you're gonna find more women, you're gonna find younger people, and then the medical profile is different. So in track one, the main condition, the main underlying medical condition that an individual who uh, requested or um, access made had was cancer. That makes it the, the leading medical condition in the whole report. But for track two, the leading cause is neuro neurological conditions. So you're thinking of multiple sclerosis, ALS, Parkinson's, that type of thing. And then the second most common medical condition was 
other conditions or comorbidities. Uh, and then they break that category down a little bit more. But the key point is you're getting younger people, you're getting more women, and you're getting non-cancer, like medical conditions that are not cancer as your leading medical conditions listed. Megan, I'm, I'm not meaning to put you on the spot with this, but what was sort of the percentage on neurological versus other? Oh, okay. The, the, you know, I can pull it up. Yeah, it's, it's going to take a minute. It's all, no, don't, don't worry about it. Don't yeah. worry about it. So I was, I was like curious if, it was, if main... it was just. I was curious just if it was a jarring difference. Yeah. So there's five main. I think like I think five main medical conditions that they'll give you in a graph. They break it down into a pie graph. And track one, the number one condition is cancer. And track two, cancer is the second from the bottom. Okay. Um, in terms of percentage of people who were listed as having that medical condition. So it is almost a complete reversal of the percentage by medical condition. What did the report have to say about disability explicitly? Sure. So there's a graph that lists, um, like when we talk about other medical conditions or people who had comorbidities, which means they had more than one that was listed, um, there's a big chart that just gives the breaks that down by everyone. So track one and track two together. And under the um, other conditions, there are some very specific disabilities mentioned, and that would include vision loss, hearing loss, uh, osteoporosis, uh, frequent falls or fractures, diabetes gets mentioned there, chronic pain, autoimmune diseases. Uh, so that's the section of other conditions or comorbidities is where you're going to get your most specific types of disability that was listed as a medical condition Medical condition when somebody was requesting aid. What else from the report stood out to you? Yeah, sure. Um, as people who follow this program know, I've been pretty critical of past Health Canada reports on MAID and some of their language because I felt like adjectives did not match up with the nouns. No, it was very frustrating. Um, I would have to say they, this report didn't have as much of that. Um, I, like, I'm going to give credit to where credit's due here. Health Canada improved in their report writing. Uh, this report is also substantially longer than the previous years, and it gives more data, like the data I just gave you about different types of disabilities. Uh, so that's one of the first things that stood out to me, was that that list of different disabilities was listed. Um, a lot of those disabilities have come up in my reporting over the past three years when I reported on this, definitely heard stories of people requesting made uh, for vision loss. That's reflected in this data. Um, also listed is frailty. Uh, so somebody is, uh, they're classified as medically frail. That's a whole other discussion that medical ethicists um, would love to discuss. Um, and then also there's this section that often doesn't get reported on, including in my reporting. We didn't report on it in Canadian Affairs. Um, there's some really interesting details about people who requested MAID but died by another means than MAID. So in 2022, there are actually 16,114 written requests for MAID. And of those people, so of all those people who requested it, um, there were 298 people who withdrew their request altogether. So they requested it, and then they said, actually, I don't want to do this anymore. And of those 298 people, 41.8% said one of the reasons they were uh, withdrawing their request is because they had received adequate palliative care. Uh, so I think that's a very interesting finding that deserves more 
like investigation when we talk about palliative care systems in Canada. Well, that's been sort of the underlying part of this conversation, especially within the disability context, is sort of mm -hmm. support and resources, right? How many people right. are, are choosing medical assistance and dying because of a lack of resources or support. So that mm -hmm. speaks to people who made the application, received what they were looking for, and then withdrew the application. Right, yeah. And and this report, even like, go even more into the weeds, everyone. Um, talks about palliative care, like we just mentioned, and then it also talks about disability supports. And uh, the good majority of people under track two who uh, requested or died by maid did receive some form of disability supports. Right now, the data that Health Canada collects doesn't really give you a ton and ton and ton of information about specifically what kind of disability support. Um, because they, as they note in this report, disability support ranges from like assistive technology on your computer to like live-in care attendance. Like it's a very broad uh, mm -hmm. category. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so I do think if you dig down through the numbers, there's some really interesting stories about access to proper care and access to proper supports and how that impacts people making life and death decisions. Of course, there's still a lot going on legislatively in the halls of yes. parliament in regard to MAID. What is the current landscape in regards to a MAID expansion or what politicians yeah. are talking about? Sure. So uh, we are still currently, um, unless something has changed in the last few hours, uh, the federal government is still planning to allow made for individuals whose sole underlying medical condition is a mental illness that is scheduled to happen on March 17th. And uh, listeners of this program, viewers, like we've been following this for three years. Um, that was originally supposed to happen last year. They asked, the government asked for an extension on the timeline it had already given itself. So uh, that is still set to happen March 17th, 2024. However, of note, a couple of weeks ago, there was a conservative private member's bill in the House of Commons that would remove mental illness as an eligibility uh, criteria. It would say specifically mental illness is not considered to be an irremediable and grievous medical condition for the purposes of the, the criminal code provisions on made. So it would say you can't get made for the sole condition of mental illness. Conservative private member's bill it was defeated at second reading, but only by a difference of 17 votes. And there were 16 abstentions. So it was very, very narrowly defeated. And conservatives, NDPs, Greens, and some liberals supported the bill that would um, stop expansion for mental illness. Megan, let's uh, sort of zoom out here a smidge yeah. because you've been talking about this on this, on this show for about three years. You yes. have wrote about it recently for Canadian Affairs. You also wrote about this for uh, MAID and people with disabilities and their concerns about MAID for the walrus. And mm -hmm. uh, you got some recognition for that. Not, not the journalists do this for recognition, but it's super cool when you do get recognized. What happens? Yeah, so um, what happened? Well, um... I need to give a shout out to a, a listener of this show. Uh, so Kent Longsford, a regular listener, regular feedback giver, he submitted this uh, article that was published in the Walrus in their June issue, also featured on Voices of the Walrus, um, to a competition that's out of Arizona State University's- Go Sun Devils. Uh, Yes, out of those people. Um, out of their National Center on Disability and Journalism, they, it's the only, according to their website, it's the only award on disability reporting. And there's a student category, and Kent submitted this article for the Gary Corcoran Student Prize in Excellence for Reporting on Disability, and it won first place. 
Uh, so uh, thank you, Kent. And yeah, so the award ceremony will be next week in Arizona. I know nothing about Arizona, Dave. Are you are you so, flying down? Just... Are they going to fly you down? Yeah, yeah. They, they, oh, yeah, they're they're, fly, yeah, they fly you down. They're flying you down to Tempe? Uh, they're flying me down to Arizona. I mean, well, to Phoenix. Yeah, yeah Phoenix, the, it's in Tempe. The Arizona State's in Tempe. Uh, wow. Which is which is a suburb of Phoenix. Megan Gilmore. Oh, thank you. Thank getting, you. Getting some sunshine. Love it. Yeah, yeah. So um, bring bring that, sunscreen. That's what happens. Yeah. So um, yeah. Thank you. Like a lot of the a lot of the background for that article came from reports that were done on this show. So this is very much AMI's award as much as anyone else's. No, oh, no, no, no. It's um, yours. It's, so, it's your hard. It's your hard work, Megan. You don't, you don't need to be humble. You you put it. You put in the work. You did the writing. Congratulations. That's a super super cool honor. And uh, I guess this is the last time I'm chatting with you before you fly down. So safe travels. Good luck. Thank you. If you have anything I need to know about ASU's sports teams, Dave, anything at all, let me know. Uh, their slogan for their team, because they're called the Sun Devils, is fear the fork, which kind of speaks to my dietary habits. Megan, have a great day. <laughs> Thanks, you too. That's Megan Gilmore, a reporter for Canadian Affairs. And of course, so you can check out the work that Megan does for Canadian Affairs by visiting their website, CanadianAffairs.news, CanadianAffairs.news. I suppose the next time we bring on Megan, we should say award-winning journalist, Megan Gilmore. In 60 seconds, Elizabeth Moeller will have the weather story of the day. But first, here is Canadian press reporter, who I don't know if they're award-winning or not, Karen Rebo, with your Morning Business Minute. Canada's key stock index closed higher yesterday ahead of this morning's release by StatCan about Canada's third quarter GDP numbers. Toronto's TSX index gained 119 points yesterday to close at 18,856. New York's Dow Jones average surged 511 points and the Nasdaq rose 146. In Tokyo this morning, the Nikkei index gained 161 points and our dollar is trading overseas this morning a little higher at 7 72.32 cents U.S. StatsCan will release its August gross domestic product report this morning. American strikes against Detroit's big three are on hold now that tentative contract agreements have been reached with all three automakers and pending ratification votes by tens of thousands of union workers stateside. Stellantis says the U.S. auto workers strike is expected to cost it around $795 million U.S. in profits. From the Canadian Press Business Desk, I'm Karen Rebo. Thank you very much, Karen. Let's turn to Elizabeth Moeller for the weather. Elizabeth, I think the general theme around the country, unsurprisingly this time of year, is it's getting a little let cold. Let it snow, let it snow. Okay, I won't sing on the air. But Halloween will be a treat for BC, but don't be fooled because a quick turnaround on Wednesday will see November ushered in by a wet system that will bring plenty of rain and mountain snow. And of course, some freezing rain. But Halloween is going to be rather pleasant. It's what comes afterwards that is gonna be a little frightening for many areas. BC's South Coast is looking to get the biggest atmospheric treat Tuesday, as a ridge settling over that west coast looks to send evening temperatures above seasonal for Halloween. By Wednesday, a low pressure system will bring lots of moisture to the southern part of British Columbia. And while this will not be deemed an atmospheric river, there will be areas that can pick up nearly 50 millimeters of rain and snowfall. But the temperatures will not be significantly cold. 
The rain's going to begin on Vancouver Island around noon hour on Wednesday. And these rainy and snowy conditions will fill into the interior locations of BC by the afternoon and evening. When temperatures are going to dip down to lower at night, be mindful those roads are going to have some icy and slippery conditions. And a pocket of warm air is going to be sitting above many valley locations. And this is going to create a risk for some freezing rain. So expect travel delays around those mountain passes due to changing and icy conditions in the valleys. Elizabeth, thank you for this. Talk to you a little bit later in the show. Coming up next, it's Halloween. There's still plenty to do before you call it an evening of trick-or-treating. Toronto community reporter Mara Hutchinson tells you all about pumpkins after dark in Milton, Ontario. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.